Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am big. The picture that got small. Your first one's on us. <laughs> That's exactly what we're looking for. You're listening to Drink Jokes and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadon, and with me as always... Richie Byrne. Your producer, Soul Joel. We have the man of many voices. Many voices. And special guest. Even imitates deaf people. I did. We found out. <laughs> in our I, I only did a couple of impressions on the first part. This is a two-parter. And in the first part, I imitated a screaming deaf person uh, being upset about the word <laughs> Apparently abortion. Apparently they sound like <laughs> Sam Kinison. They do. They do. <laughs> so, uh, Craig Gass, ladies and gentlemen. Craig Gass is in there. Hey, everybody. Craig Gas part two with Craig Gas. We we normally start every show where we talk about your favorite drink, and I know Craig very well. And uh, before he doesn't drink anymore, and uh, that's well, my because when you would stay at my house, you would drink a whole bottle of Jack Daniels. I did. I love drinking <laughs> Jack Daniels, and uh, I just loved cocaine too much. So. Uh, I'll tell you, I can answer the question. My favorite drink is chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. That's right. You uh, did always get chocolate milk. Yeah, no how I will. drunk we were, he would go and get a chocolate dude, milk. Let's get some chocolate well, milk. Chocolate milk is awesome. It yeah. really is. And there's and no bad Not chocolate. when you're all liquored up. No, dude, no, I used to love diner chocolate milk at like 3 in the morning. Yeah, there's moments where I'll be checking out of a hotel, uh, and it'll be like Sunday morning, and i got to run out. Uh, and then I'll open the door and I'll notice that the housekeeper's in the next, working on the next room. She's about to come to my room, and I'll turn around and I'll see like all these empty chocolate milk cartons. And it looks like I had a party for a bunch of kids in my room. And I'll be like, Fuck it. it used to be, it used to be the shame of like all these empty bottles of booze. Like, man, I look like an alcoholic. I should at least take a couple of these out of here and throw them in the garbage so there's only a couple bottles. The of Michael booze. Jackson suite. Yeah, now it's chocolate milk. Yeah, now it's chocolate milk. <laughs> But yeah, but I uh, I loved cocaine, and I loved cocaine so much that I had a heart attack, and the heart attack kind of, uh, this is a really fucked up story. I had a heart attack in 2002, and I got completely clean in 2004. So <laughs> there you go. The heart attack scared well, me straight for well, a year. that's pretty young to have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, I was 32 years old when I had the heart attack. And, um, Jeez. Uh, wow, I knew you during peak uh, performances, Oh, huh? yeah. Yeah, Mark and I, <laughs> We go man, way, way back. We really do. We really do. But, there were uh, a few times I drove you to Connecticut, and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, and it's crazy. You look back because there's a lot of dumb things that I've done that I look and I see other people dying from, and I go, holy fuck, I can't believe I got away with that. You know, or yeah, a, a fr- buddy of mine was just telling me so many cool things have happened that I've been really lucky to experience in the last uh, 50. I've been paying my mom's Life. bills. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been I've been paying my mom's bills for 18 years now. And um, uh, my buddy and I were talking about this one night. We went to Vancouver, British Columbia when I was still living in Seattle. Marilyn Manson was performing in Vancouver on the uh, uh, uh Antichrist Superstar tour, and the tour manager of Marilyn Manson gave me a stack of backstage passes. He's like, here's 50 passes. Can you just hand these out to cute girls? And I was like, of course. Yeah, and, that's a dream and, he's, and I remember he had one request. He goes, don't give them out to goth chicks. 
Marilyn Manson hates goth chicks. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, find blondes. And I go, all right. That's hysterical. So that I'm walking, hilarious. I'm, awesome. I'm walking around this arena as the mayor of the Marilyn Manson <laughs> concert handing out passes to girls. And there's people coming, hey, can I have a pass? Like, sorry, man, I'm under strict orders. <laughs> Be and like, one... Kenny G loves goth chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny G loves cocaine and goth girls. The more damage, the better. That sick fuck Just does shit. Just hand them out to goth chicks. The shit that Kenny does with his flute is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, so I'm walking around this arena, and this guy walks up to me, and he says, hey, man, can I get a couple passes? And I go, sorry, man, I got to. I do this dick move, where, but I'm, I'm under order. You're a I, dude. I need to give this out to girls. Sorry. And he goes, I'll give you some Coke. And I went, how much Coke? And he said, <laughs> uh, he goes, I'll give you an eight ball. And I go, how many passes do you want? <laughs> exactly. How many passes? And he said, I want, and he, it was something like six or eight. And I go, no problem. Let's have that cocaine. And I did a little bit of the cocaine. It was actually amazing. It was really strong. And so strong that I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here because I'm getting really high. And uh, so we jump in the car and drive back to Seattle. I drove over the- From New York. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I was thinking, I'm like, where were you? Vancouver, British Columbia. It's a three-hour drive from Seattle. So I drived over an international border with cocaine tucked underneath my crotch in my driver's seat in the car I was driving. And uh, so I was just sitting right there. Yeah. And I, I drive over the border, and the, the border guard said, oh, where are you coming from? And I said, oh, we're coming from a concert. Uh, where do you live? Oh, we live in Seattle. Okay. Uh, Ask a couple questions. How long were you in Canada for? Um, all right. Let me just get you to get out of the car and uh, pop the trunk so I can take a look at your trunk. And I go, all right. And oh the agent started God. to walk towards the back of the car. I cupped the cocaine in my hand, got out of the car. Pop the trunk with an eight ball of cocaine in my left hand, and the agent said, "Okay, cool, you're good to go." And I said, "All right." Closed the trunk, got back in the car, and went, "Oh my god, we, we gotta get some booze. We gotta get some." And I just oh and I got god. really hammered. And and my buddy pointed out, I was like, "Can you imagine like if I had gotten caught that night?" And he said, "Dude, the last twenty years would have never happened. You would have been in prison the whole time." And I was like, "Oh my god, wow, Damn. that's a really good point." I like. Just the experiences of being a stand-up comedian, plus the the luck that I've found myself in, you know, the Howard Stern show, and then Sex in the City, and King of Queens, being able to make a living doing stand-up, sending money home to my mom, none of that would have happened had I gotten busted. It was just a really stupid move that I got lucky with, you know? Damn. Yeah, but... Um, uh, but yeah, really uh, crazy uh, moments. But, um, but you I, give, I mean, the, your karma bank runs deep. Yeah, it really. <laughs> except for yeah. the heart attack. Except for the heart attack, which I I was lucky to. Um, which he survived. <laughs> yeah, I survived, and uh, <clears throat> um, uh, but yeah, getting. You do a ton of great stuff for people too. I mean, I always like to share. I love to share. I love to share experiences Coke. with. Uh, I, <laughs> I did not share Coke. <laughs> That's one thing I did not share. But if I'm it's crazy. So as long as I'd known Craig and I remember when you called me and told me that you were sober now that and I was kind of blown away because I've been I don't know how many concerts with you backstage where it's unlimited booze and everything's right there. I've never seen you walk around with a drink. Really? I've seen I've woken up where you've slept in like my apartment yeah. and then came out and there was booze gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never actually seen you drinking. 
Wow. So when you said you were getting sober, I was like, you, do you drink? I didn't wow. know. Yeah. That's because you were drunker. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I was hammered. But Well, I was going to say, I wanted to make another observation that I think all these things have happened around you when you haven't been thinking about it. But when you told the, the story on the Artie Lang podcast, they had you sign before one of your auditions. You had to sign a contract, and he saw how much money you were going to get. Oh, yeah. And all you could think about for the next hour was... Was that audition. Yeah. And well, that yeah, money. And the money. And then you completely bombed, and I bombed. the audition. Yeah. They had the other guy read with seven girls. You read with one. They couldn't get you out of the studio fast enough. The other guy was Brian Scalero. And that, that was... Uh, uh, Brian and I... saw him here the other night. Brian and I became friends after that. Uh, we were both up... For they had ABC had narrowed down the lead for this new sitcom that they were banking on called Politic Platonically Incorrect was the name of the show. And they had narrowed down seven or eight female leads, but there was only two male leads that they were looking at, me and Brian Scalero. And um, they bring us up to the uh, Disney building slash ABC building in Burbank. The top floor of that building is a theater. There is a, like, a, I, I would say it's a spacious, maybe 200 seat theater. And wow. uh, and they have dudes in, in penguin suits, like the these guys come, like catered food coming in and out for the execs that are watching. And uh, and before they had us go into the room, they had us sign contracts. Like, listen, just, just so you know, we need you to just sign this agreement for what you're gonna get paid if we hire you. And I looked at this, it was so crazy to put a signature next to this dollar amount. I was like, holy shit. I mean, it was in that contract, in one contract, I could take care of my mom for the rest of her life. And then I waited for an hour and all I could think about was like, oh my God, and then I could do this, and then I could do this, and I could do this. And then I went out and did my audition and just ate my nuts. Uh, so badly <laughs> that they didn't even want it. Like, like Brian uh, was auditioning with each of the seven girls, and they wanted to see what his chemistry was like with this girl and with that girl and this, with that girl. And then they said, all right, now we're going to have Craig. And I came in with the one girl. They had me read with one girl and said, okay, we're done. And then that wow. was it. And I was thank like, you. Thank you. And <laughs> I was like, fuck. You know? But, yeah, it's um, – but any kind of, like, cool experience that I get, I always want to share it with people. Um, every concert that I go to, I usually get tickets and backstage passes. I'm usually friends with um, the band or somebody that works. I used to work in music when I was a kid, so I made a lot of friends in the music business. And every concert that I go to, I usually don't need the tickets. So I'll go to the very top of the venue, and I'll look for anybody who is in the shittiest seats of the venue that's on their feet. Like, they, they have the worst seats, but they're rocking. And I'll give them the tickets and say, hey... Um, I got, you know, if you want good seats, I got front row seats for you. And, um, and they're like, oh my God, no way. Oh my God. How can I repay you? And I'll be like, I'm a stand-up comedian Zip. and I'm, I'm, in <laughs> 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 I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm in your town doing a show. Just come see me at the local comedy club. Like, oh my God, for sure. Oh my God. What, what is What is your name? Craig Gass? Oh dude, we're definitely, okay, write that down. We're going, we're, what club Steve are you Harvey. at? Dude, we can't wait to see you, Can't wait. Can't wait. And they never show up. They never like, show up. 99% of the time, they never show up. They're but on I, their way home from the concert going, fuck that guy. But yeah. yeah. And I'm always trying Kyle to. Kyle Gass has this huge following. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've uh, but I'm always trying to share the experience. And then Mark wanted me to talk about something that was like a, a shared experience, which wasn't. Uh, the best ending, but it's a pretty intense story. Dude, I when you told this story, I got so emotionally involved that I had to stop and then come back to it because it was too 
there's just so you get emotionally involved in the the, the characters of this. I I was just contacted by his family today too because I'm coming to, I'm headlining Vegas for the first time and uh, so I was in Vegas uh, uh, at a sports bar and uh, th- here's the embarrassing part of me. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are very successful who uh, go out of their way to not be bothered by people or get recognized by people. But I am so <laughs> embarrassing that if anyone walks up to me and goes, dude, aren't you comedian or aren't you the guy from that? Like That I, guy, that guy. I will talk to you. And I've done this. I have talked to people until they get to the point where they go, Okay, okay got we got to leave. And I'll go, dude, come on, let's hang out. And they'll go, no, we, we got to. I'll make it weird. I'll, I, I've done it. In, I've done it in my own apartment building in Los Angeles where I went outside and a guy in the hallway said, Craig Guess, what are you doing here? And I go, I fucking live here, dude. What's up? And I, Come in. I talked to him until he was like, okay, I got to go. And Six like, hours later, yeah, like, that, it's three in the morning. Where are you going? That guy on, moved man. out. Yeah. Do you want to you hear some more stories? Come on, dude. Yeah, I've made it fucking weird. Honey, pack up. We got to get away from Craig Gass. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah it's, it, it gets really weird. So I'm at this, uh, uh, at a, I'm a huge Seahawks fan, and I found a Seahawks bar in Vegas. And uh, I'm at this bar watching my team when this woman walked up to me and said, Hey, I'm really sorry to bother you, but my husband is your biggest fan, and he's too shy to say hello to you. And I said, well, where's he at? Let's go. And he's like, his name's Bob. He's over there. And I go, Bob, what's up, dude? And I give him a hug. I'm like, what's up, Bob? And uh, he's a really nice guy, this dude, Bob Miles. And we and I sit down and I hang out with him and we watch the rest of the game together. And he's an unbelievably sweet man. He's a special ed teacher. Uh, and he's uh, he loves the Seahawks like I do. He happens to love Kiss. And uh, he he's got all, he loves all the same shit I do, and I, I recognize his name from my Facebook page. And um, but he's got some serious health problems. He's morbidly obese, and uh, he even at one point went into a coma um, for a period of time. That and this was the craziest story that his his wife um, he said, "Hey, tell him the story. Tell him the story." And apparently. Uh, he said his wife, when he was in a coma, would come in every day and play his favorite band on a boombox. And he actually had a physical reaction in a coma listening to his favorite band. There were tears coming down his face Wow! Um, while she was playing his favorite band. And I was like, who's your favorite band? And he goes, uh, Pearl Jam. And I go, Pearl Jam's your favorite band? And he goes, yeah. And I go, do you know that I'm friends with one of the guys in Pearl Jam? And he goes, oh, yeah, I mean, I follow your Facebook page, man. You get to do a lot of cool shit. And then I immediately felt really embarrassed that um, I've never done anything, I don't think, to deserve experiences like the experiences I've had. I've been right place, right time, so many times in my life, and... Here's a guy who loves all the same shit I do, and he's got not only health problems, now he's swimming in debt because of his health problems. And one thing that was interesting about him is his teenage kids were there, and they loved him. They were, like, really loving and affectionate to him. And I was like, like who's what teenager loves their parents? Like, yeah. like, like how cool are you that your kids uh, respect you as teenagers? And uh, so <clears throat> I got his phone number. And uh, I stayed in touch with him and uh, and started calling him. 
And uh, every time I come into Vegas, like, hey, man, can I take you out to dinner? And, and we go out to dinner. And then I started getting really nosy and saying, like, what, what are you doing for your health, dude? Like, are you like, does your doctor tell you you should like like walk at all? And he goes, yeah, he does. But it's hard because, you know, I'm, you know, as a special ed teacher, I'm, I'm literally like physically picking kids up all day. And I'm just really tired when I get home. And I'd be like, yeah, but for like 20 minutes, you can't walk for like 20 minutes or and it got really weird. Like, I started pushing, and even his wife would go, uh, Bob's really tired, you know, when he gets home. And I said, yeah, for 20 minutes, you can't walk. for it. Like, I started being and, shitty to And meanwhile, wife. you took him out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a great point. But, and then, eat, so. Eat your steak. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a great point. I never, I never brought that up, but I, I said. I don't want to blame you, Craig. <laughs> Oh, enabler! <laughs> I finally, I finally said, uh, uh, "Hey, uh, I go listen. I go. What? How about this? I go. I'll call you every day, and I'll walk with you. We'll go for a walk, and we'll do it together." And he's like, "Really? You would do that?" And I go, "Well, look at me. I need to go for a walk. I mean, but you know, <laughs> dude, twenty minutes a day. You can't fucking. I'll, I'll call you, and we'll go for a walk, and just whatever city I'm in, I'll just, well, let's just go for a walk every day, man. We'll do it together." And he's like, "All right." And I go, "Yeah, I'll call you when I get home." Like I felt really. <laughs> It sounded like a great idea. I was like, like, how hard is it, man? I'll call you when I get home. And then Sunday rolls around, and I'm like, holy shit, I just committed to walking with a stranger. And I'm like, fuck. And I, I can, I can, right? I, yeah. Like going to uh, right, right, right. No, right. we're just going to talk on the phone. So I call him on Sunday, and I could hear in his voice, he was, he was reluctant. I go, hey, uh, we're still doing this, right? And he goes, I guess. You know, I'm like, all right, you got your shoes on, you went. And we went for a walk and talked to each other for 20 minutes, and it was a little fruity, but... but day day two, yeah. canceled. Day two. No, day two. You know, well, here's the crazy thing. After 20 minutes, it was like, you know what? That was actually pretty easy. We just, you know, I mean, just committing to 20 minutes and just getting up. So we did it again the next day and the next day, and then there was one day I remember going like, uh, hey, Bob, you know we just walked for 30 minutes, right? And he's like, oh, we did? I'm like, yeah, we just did 30, man. How about that? And uh, we're doing ten tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we started working our way up to an hour, and then we started walking for an hour a day every day. And uh, uh, him awesome. in the desert of Las Vegas, me in whatever city I'm in, I'm calling him every day, and we're, we're going for walk. Yep. <laughs> so this crazy thing happened. I am in Minneapolis, and uh, Pearl Jam is in Minneapolis. Uh, that's not a coincidence. I book all my shows around Mariner games, Seahawk games, and concerts. So my <laughs> friend Mike it's McCready, hilarious. my friend Mike, who plays guitar for Pearl Jam, he comes out right. to my show on a Saturday night. And, uh, and then the next night, I go to his show in a much bigger room. And, uh, <laughs> and I watch him do sound check. And afterwards, I said, um, I go, hey, man, did I ever... Uh, did I ever tell you that I have a walking buddy? And he goes, you have a walking buddy? And I go, it's, I go, it's as heterosexual as it could possibly be. But, but I got to tell other you. Other than blowing sure. each other. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So but, just, but listen, I, I got to tell you this because th you're, you're part of this. Because this guy is, he's a special ed teacher who lives in Vegas. And um, he's a sweetheart of a human being. And, dude, this guy has the worst luck, especially with his health. He was in a coma. And when he was in a coma, because of his weight, uh, he had some physical problems that led to him being in a coma. He, his wife would come in and play your music, and he had a physical reaction in a coma. 
Uh, he actually had tears running down his face. He goes, oh, my God, you're kidding. And I go, no. I mean, that's that's how much of a fan he is of you. And I would never ask this for anybody else. I'm just um, – but just because it's a special circumstance, the next time Pearl Jam plays Las Vegas, is it okay if I send Bob to your show and get him to meet you? Because he can't fly to other cities because of his health. And he said, yeah, of course. And then he started making jokes. And he said, hey, maybe the band will take him for a walk. You know, we'll walk him around the building. <laughs> and then whatever. And I, go, yeah, I didn't great. know Pearl Jam was gay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, what was it? Like um, the next few months, I'm walking with Bob. And we always had the same subjects. The fucking Seahawks are awesome. The fucking Mariners suck. And, uh, hey, have you heard the latest about Kiss? Have you heard the latest about Pearl Jam? That was almost every hour-long conversation. And he started telling me, like, hey, man, I saw that uh, Pearl Jam's going on tour soon. And I go, oh, man. Well, Bob, those tickets are hard to get, dude. Those are, I mean, good Oh, here luck. we go. Like, I'm, I'm just setting him up because yeah. I don't want him to know. I want it to be a surprise. I'm right, right, surprise right. my buddy. <laughs> Hang in there, buddy. Keep yeah. losing weight. Good luck for you, you know. Um, and uh, this really fucked up thing happened in September of uh, 2015. I, uh, I get back from Green Bay. I was doing a show out there so I could watch the Seahawks play the Green Bay Packers. And um, I landed LAX, and Bob's wife called me up and said, Hey, where are you? And I said, uh, I just landed LAX. What's going on? And she said, Well, I have some really bad news. Bob is in a coma again, and he has 48 hours to live. And um, I, uh, I just want to know if, it's, if you want to see him. You know, you can come and see him. And I was like, I go, See him? And I go, What? I don't, and I didn't know what to do, and it was it was really shocking. But then I get down to baggage claim, and I'm realizing like, oh my god, I've been, I've been talking to this guy for an hour a day for like the last two years, like, and then I just started crying in the baggage claim. It was really crazy, and then it hit me like, I gotta see him, I gotta go see him, and then I just walked out of baggage claim, got in my car, and I just started driving to Vegas, and then it hits me like, holy fuck, I'm not gonna get to do the thing. I'm not going to oh, get to do the fucking man. Pearl Jam thing. So I texted Mike and I said, hey, man, um, I don't know if you remember me telling you that I had a walking buddy. You were actually you said you would meet him. Um, and, uh, you know, he's the guy who's a fan of yours that that uh, is such a fan that he had a physical reaction to coma. Um, he's not going to get the chance to meet you. Um, I just found out he's got 40 hours to live. I'm actually in a car right now driving to Vegas to go see him. But I need to tell you what he would have said to you because he talked about you every day and then i'm sitting there <laughs> fucking i'm writing a fan letter to my friend mike uh on behalf of of bob and i said this is what he, you meant to him uh this is these are the moments where you were there for him and you don't even know this but and then he wrote me back and said uh what's his name and i said it's bob it's bob miles and then after about a half hour uh, Mike started sending me videos, and I, I opened one up, and it was Mike with a guitar, and he said, hey, uh, Bob Miles, uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam here. Uh, my friend Craig Gass uh, just told me about, uh, about what's going on with you, and I wrote some music for you that I hope will help you on your journey. So here we go. And he started playing music, and it's like one after the other after the other. It's him, you know, uh, hey, maybe you might appreciate this. This is kind of like a combination of two songs I think that you love. And uh, and he's sending me videos. I start crying uncontrollably, and then I start messaging his wife. And I said, hey, Renee, um, listen, uh, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a few hours. But 
if Bob can look at anything, please put this in front of him right now. His favorite guitarist of his favorite band just wrote some music for him, and I'm sending her the videos. And then uh, uh, Renee went to Bob's bedside and said, Bob, Bob, Craig's coming. And he looked at her, and he just nodded her head. He said, Craig's going to hang out with you. He's coming to spend time with you. And he nodded his head, and she said, but look at this. This is amazing. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam wrote some music for you. And she started playing in the clips, and um, he couldn't, he had to sit up in bed, and he was like, and he, and he was holding his eyes open because tears were pouring out of his eyes, and he's watching his favorite guitarist of, that is the last thing that Bob Miles saw, was his favorite guitarist from his favorite band playing music that he had written for Bob. And then um, I, uh, I, it was like another hour later wow. when uh, Mike texted me and said, hey, uh, did you get what I just sent you? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I never even replied. I said, oh, my God, oh. yes. I go, I, I'm sending the videos now. I'm sending them all over, and, 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 and I'm sending. And he goes, okay, that last video, the fourth one, is not for Bob. It's for you. And I, I started to open up the fourth one. And the fourth one was Mike going, Craig Gass, it's Mike McCready. This last video is for you. You're a good man. And that's why you deserve some lick it up. And, and he starts doing a horrible version of my horrible, of my Paul Stanley impression. And by the time I got to the hospital, Bob was uh, uh, being supported by these machines. And I, I, uh, his wife let me go into the room alone, and uh, and I talked to him for a while, and I rubbed his head and and told him how much I loved him, and uh, and uh, and I I would play these videos for him. I'd put them up to his ear, and I would play all this music. It's really beautiful music, and uh, and then at one point I go, uh, Bob, <coughs> nobody knows this, but Mike sent one more video that nobody's heard. Oh no! Heard. Oh no! And uh, it's it's Mike doing a horrible impression of Kiss. I'm gonna play it for you. And every time I got to the kiss video, Bob would twitch like he would. And I go, I, it's fucking horrible, right? I know. It makes you want to just check out of the hospital right now, right? You just want to get the fuck out of here? I know. And I would play that video for him. Every time he would kind of twitch. And I go, I know, man. Let's just get out of here. Fuck this music. Let's get out of here. And uh, But, yeah, it was really crazy because I uh, felt bad that uh, Bob never got to have any cool experiences. And then, uh, and then, as it turns out, right before Bob left, he got to have the most profound experience I've ever seen, and uh, and that was the last thing that he got to see on Earth. So, and wow, uh, I'm coming dude. to Vegas, and I'm I'm headlining Vegas for the first time, and his family's going to come out to my show. So uh, it was really, uh, it's weird, but uh, a really heavy. But dude, hanging out with you every day was probably a very cool experience. For him. Well, that was the crazy thing is that he would start posting about it uh, on his Facebook page, and I had to tell him, Bob. You know, you can't tag me because this is just me and you. And he's like, all right. So he would just put a hashtag walking with gas. And uh, he would reinforce. Everyone thought it had something to do with yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Poor Bob. Yeah. I'm <laughs> glad I'm not walking with Bob. Yeah. This guy <laughs> shits his pants can't, for an hour a day. Fucking guy can't catch a break. He's got a real problem, and it's not just with spelling. Walking with gas. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. And he, uh, and, and he his friends, um, we actually, um, he grew up in Bellingham, Washington. And oh, wow. That's where my dad lives. Really? Yeah. And uh, so uh, a month or so after he he passed i went to bellingham to connect with all of his friends that he told me about i wanted to put faces to names and his friends wanted to meet me and we all went for a walk together and uh oh, wow. 
And what was really crazy, Bob, uh, being a special ed teacher, while we were walking, an uh, unaccompanied kid who was a special ed kid walked up to us and started talking to us. We didn't even know who we fucking belonged to. And we were like, that's fucking Bob. Like, that's, it was really crazy. But, uh, um, but uh, his friends told me some stories that I didn't know that he was, uh, he had an oxygen tank uh, before I met him that he would walk around with. And he was walking around so much that he stopped needing the oxygen tank. So his health was starting to get better. And, wow. But more than that, he was telling them stories like, oh, my God, you know, Craig, my comedian friend, told me. And it was really crazy because um, he, uh, I met his family, and he did a move that I would do. He apparently <laughs> would tell his family at the dinner table, oh, man, my friend Craig Gass did a really funny thing on Facebook today. And, and his kids would go, Dad. You're not, you're not you're, you're Facebook friends. It's not a real friend. He goes, no, but it, he acknowledges my post. He likes my comments. And then and so he would tell his family, like, I'm friends, my friend Craig Gass. And then when we met at that bar, uh, after he passed, one of his kids told me that after we met that his daughter said, uh, Dad, now you can say you're friends with Craig Gass. And he was like, oh, that's so true. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, it was really that sweet. That is so crazy. Yeah, man. And uh, we, we joked... Uh, uh, he had a tough time sometimes, especially early on walking. He would just be like, I need to stop. I need to stop. And I go, all right, take a break. And then um, one time he had a son with him. And he had just told me that he had an autographed uh, football from Steve Largent, one of the early Seahawks uh, all-stars. And, and he was telling me he had an autographed football. And I, when he was um, wheezing and had to stop and take a break, uh, his son was with him. And I go, hey, put, put your son on the phone. And he put his son on the phone. And I go, hey. If anything happens to Bob, he promised me that football. So uh, don't, yeah. <laughs> I go, Bob, you're, you're giving me the football, right? You're giving me the football. And he would laugh and laugh. And anytime he had problems walking, I would go, all right, man. I go, just make, I go, the football's in writing, right? Like, it was just a joke. Yeah. And then like a year after he passed, one of his kids came out to one of my shows and said, hey, uh, our dad said it was really important that you get this. And I was like, oh, man. Wow. I didn't uh, want that fucking football. That was like a running joke. It was a running joke. But because yeah. because you or probably a walking joke, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, right, yeah. Well, because you you pushed him to walk from twenty minutes to thirty minutes to an hour, yeah. You probably increased his lung capacity and probably prolonged his life, which yeah. Or maybe <clears throat> that's what killed him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's drink jokes and storytelling. <laughs> Craig Gas killing it. Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.